I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there with it. Oh, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will give their thoughts on this boring-ass off-season, and they will have an announcement at the end of the show. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to the first 5.5 Podcast of the new year. Happy 2018. I am your host once again, Danny Ortiz, alongside my best friend, Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. Happy New Year. New Year, same shitbags. <laughs> yeah. New Year, not new me. Same old pieces of shit coming back uh, with the 5.5 podcast. It has been a little while. Last we talked, uh, we had Kevin Charity in studio sitting right next to Eric. Speaking of shitbag. Yeah, speaking of shitbag, we had the shitbag himself, uh, the uh, the lowest man on the totem pole at Mad Friars, the Bad Friar. Uh, Kevin Charity sitting across from us going over the top 30 prospects. Uh, A lot of stuff has happened since then, so we're going to touch on that. But uh, first, we want to throw a shout-out out to the uh, Kept Faith podcast for inviting us out to their live Patreon last week. Pretty good time for us, Eric. Yeah, it was a great time. The uh, San Diego Sports Trivia Show was the the highlight of it, or the (laughs) contest, I should say. You know, I have a gripe with that because we were not ranked for, what, at least two months on Twitter. We were not ranked at all. We actually finished fourth place. We would have finished third. Had I read the full question uh, on one of the uh, one of the rounds of the uh, surveys or trivia they went out of. Yeah, so we, first of all, there's more teams than I thought there would be. Yeah, it's quite like eight or nine, I think, at least. Yeah, and my, my favorite team name was uh, Marlon McCree, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That was the greatest. Yeah. yeah. Team Saw eventually ended up winning, which was AM radio plus about ten other people, which, yeah. by the way, was supposed to be teams of five. But. Yeah, it was like team beards over there. I think the only guys that didn't have a beard was uh, oh, Bernie Wilson and Darren Smith were there. Yeah. I think they were on Team Saw, weren't they? Yeah, they were on Team yeah, Saw. Yeah, those were the only clean-cut guys. Everybody else had a nice, thick beard. Yeah, but going back to the uh, going back to the rankings, so they put out various rankings leading up to the show, and we went from anywhere from third place all the way up to i think two is where we peaked really i didn't even know we were ranked oh yeah and then the last ranking the final rankings unranked and i'm like hey wait a minute <laughs> yeah that was the one i saw yeah i'm like that's I, the one that counts yeah i was like hey i mean like this is accurate but hey like yeah. we fell a couple points short of winning the uh, third place uh, play-doh kit yeah which is probably a win for me the last thing my kid needs is play-doh so that's true yeah that'd be more work for you than than good but yeah. when they were reading off the final tallies like they kept reading teams and, and the last place was the right field mission which <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah why don't you guys do some roll call now yeah jabronis yeah the guys in the robes finished last place shockingly so they started reading off the team names from I think ninth or tenth all the way up to one, and they got they got about three teams in. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how are we still alive right now? And next thing you know, we're in fourth place. Shit, I'll take it, dude. Yeah. Shout out to our buddies uh, John Aviles, AJ Vera, Patrick Morgan, Uncle Pimo, yeah. helping us out. Andy you know, Mazone. Andy Mazone, yeah, uh, who had a great question, which we'll go <laughs> which we'll go over in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we there was a question about the draft, uh, the NFL draft, the year the Chargers took Eli Manning and then traded him. 
And we would have gotten four extra points had we named the teams. We only got four points. We should have had eight, and that probably would have pushed us to third or second. So no. not a bad showing. Not a bad showing, even though we kind of botched it a little bit. Yeah, it was it was cool seeing uh, like seeing Darren Smith. That was really cool. Yeah, real cool. Well, you've met him before. He, he knew who you were. Yeah, he's, shockingly. He's a celebrity. Yeah, shockingly. So I yeah I hadn't seen him since like 2011. He's I mean I don't know if he's faking it or not, yeah. but he seemed like he remembered me. He's totally broke out. So yeah, that was cool. Um, seeing Stephen Woods is always nice. Yeah, yeah. Woodsy was there. Uh, Eric. Uh, as soon as Woods walked in the door, Eric swung out in front of the changeup. I was 0 for 2, yeah. I was got carved up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was 0 for 2 as soon as he came through the door. Uh, we got to meet Bobby Cressy, which was really cool. Yeah, Bobby Cressy, real great guy, big fan. He's the one that forced us into doing the show today, by the way. He was, yeah. He actually, uh, when I went up to him, he pulled aside. What are you guys going to do to this show? Yeah. What are you, come on, you guys are killing me. You guys are my favorite show. So yeah. we, we appreciate the encouragement. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so, Bernie hey, Wilson is... He is a delight. He is yeah. an absolute treat, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro showed up giving no fucks. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, he looked uh, in that UCLA sweater. He he was the epitome of no fucks given. No, not at all. Yeah, not that, at all. Yeah, that was cool. We got to meet loyal listener Roy and his girlfriend Angela, which yeah, is nice. Very nice, thank you. Yeah, nice guy. Like I, I'm surprised that such like quality people listen to our show. <laughs> I know. You know who wasn't there? Speaking of quality people, Leisure Bolt slash Fryer wasn't there. Yeah, what the fuck, Leisure Fryer? I wanted him to show up so he can call me a spick and I could tell him it's okay. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to tell him in person. I know he went on that rant about Twitter. And I, said, I was going to go up to him and say, look, man, I, I have no offense. I'm Mexican. You call me a spick. I, I just take it out of love. Yeah, what was that? I don't know, dude. I saw it and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay away from this thread. Yeah. <laughs> man, he's getting more and more bold. He said, man, I miss the old days when I used to call my friends wops and spicks. And, and was uh, like, other what? words we're not going to repeat. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. I'm, not so, I'm surprised he didn't retreat the uh, what was it, shithole country line from Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> our, our president, our commander-in-chief. Yeah, thanks for listening, Leisure Fryer. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely great time with the Cap Faith Patreon. Uh, they did a live podcast, which was really, really good. Touched on some stuff I didn't care about, like soccer, but yeah. uh, overall, the guests were great. It was a good time. Uh, cheap booze. Yeah. Cheap booze on six bucks for a... Uh, for a quality mixed drink. Yeah, I was I was sitting there. I was like, oh yeah, it's like you know five six bucks a drink. And then uh, our buddy at Uncle Pimo, he's like, yeah, let me get a double whiskey neat. And they're like, <laughs> and I ordered mine. They're like, yeah, that's nineteen bucks. And I held out my toy. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Here's your dollar tip, guys. That's all I budgeted for today. I know. But for a guy on a single dad budget, six bucks for mixed drink isn't bad. I bought. Uh, about Bad Fryer Kevin Charity, a $2 Diet Coke. Apparently he's uh, cutting back, so yeah. good for him putting his health first. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some Padre news. There is a lot going on. Nothing particularly exciting, uh, but a lot to touch on. First and foremost, uh, fellow single dad is no longer a Padre. Solarte has been traded to the Blue Jays. Well, do you follow him on Instagram? Well, no, but I mean, technically he's a single dad, marital yeah. status-wise. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah he's... Uh, to give him a follow. Yeah, so, I mean, like... They don't think we're twins. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing happened when his wife died. That was really sad shit. Terrible. Really, really sad shit. And I part of me thinks that he was cut a lot of slack because of that. Oh yeah. Let's face it. He wasn't. He's not that great. No, he's, he's in Padre terms. He's good. Average regular. Yeah, he's not that great. But yeah, if you look on his Instagram, go follow his Instagram for I'll those of you that have it, I'll dude. I th- <laughs> well, our good friend uh, Amazon, Jared Weaver's favorite uh, he, uh, favorite tweeter, Amazon met him at a, a Little League game. Yeah. yeah and so apparently I, he was... Uh, I'll say it. He upgraded. Yeah. 
You know, Julia wasn't bad looking. She's a nice looking lady. I, I don't want to go down this path, but yeah. he's not doing too bad for himself. So no, yeah, he's not. gone. It's it's gonna suck not seeing him out there every day because he brought the energy, he brought the passion, and that's as Padre fans, that's like that's what we like to see. We like to see people are excited to be out there, excited to be on the field. You don't like a uh, white bread chase Headley? Oh boy. We'll get we'll touch on that later. I do like the player they got back for him though. I mean, they got two guys. They got some throw and reliever. He's. Literally a throw in. Let's hope he sticks. He's like a Kirby H type. You just kind of yeah. hope to God he can throw strikes and has one decent pitch outside of a fastball. But the other kid they got is an outfielder, Edward Olivares. I don't know how old he is. I think he's 21 or 22. Played in both low A and high last year. Had a nice breakout season. Um, I think he led uh, Blue Jay minor leaguers with home runs or some counting stats. But um, the uh, guy from Fangraphs, Eric Longenhagen, who you can follow at Eric Longenhagen on Twitter, um, was asked a question about him in his chat last week comparing the tools, just the skill set, the raw skill set, to that of Michael Geddes. Anybody that's watched Geddes or has listened to our uh, interviews with um, Kevin Charity knows, from a tool standpoint, Geddes is, you know, he's, he flies off the charts. It's just an issue of, you know, swinging at strikes. Uh, but he did say the tools are there, but the difference between the two is that Geddes has issues with hand-eye coordination, which you can't teach, and Oliveris is just more of an approach at the plate, which... You can teach, and he's got raw power, can play all three outfield positions uh, as, at a plus, a plus speed, plus power. He's just a raw player, but he reminds me of like an Estuary Ruiz type where it's like this, the tools are there, the raw ability is there. It's just a matter of refining them so that they become a skill. So for Solarte, a fringe average regular, he's great, but he's a borderline average major league player. That's a pretty good haul. I mean, I'll take it. And if you guys listen to the uh, the EVT podcast, they had a show the same day as yeah. that trade went down, or it may have uh-huh. been the next day. It was very, uh, it was very soon after I the bet. trade, where they had yeah. Longenhagen and Kyle Glazer on the same episode. Wow! So both of them kind of broke down what to expect out of Oliveris, and from the sounds of it, he sounds like he's pretty raw. Yeah. And what I was what? Well, if anybody knows us, we like it raw. <laughs> Amen. So. <laughs> <laughs> So here's 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 what I think about the trade. I, if nothing else, I trust Preller and I trust their scouting department with these types of players. Yeah. And Solarte, he's yeah, we, we said earlier, he wasn't he's not great. No, he's not. But he's solid enough on an everyday basis to where I feel like really maybe we should have got a little bit more for him. But at the same time, maybe this this Oliveris kid is a guy that Preller and the scouting department see as being someone who can really come on the map. And you know, maybe that's what happens. Because when we traded Shields for Tatis, we're like, oh, maybe we sold a little bit low, and look how that turned out. I'm not oh, saying people hated that. Hated that. Yeah, trade. <laughs> I'm not saying Oliveris is going to turn into Tatis out in center, but I mean, hey, it, it might not be the worst thing in the world. No, I mean it, the way the way to look at it is like, yeah, maybe you think you could get more, but I think the way Preller trades, at least of late, since he started, you know, stripping everything down and trying to build back up, is quality over quantity. Right? They could have gotten more in quantity. For Dupromerance, and they could have gotten more, but they went with quality. They're like, we'll take the one, you know, elite prospect or plus prospect instead of multiple solid prospects. And that's how I look at the Solarte trade. They probably could have gotten more guys like, you know, a Brian Mitchell type, which again we'll touch on later, or the reliever that they got, where guys who may or may not, you know, be able to fill in. Um, but I think they went out and got the one guy who has a lot of raw upside, who, if it turns out, could be at worst an everyday regular uh, in the outfield, and I would rather them take a risk on that. I mean, that's what you do with guys like Solarte. You you take a guy who's an average major league regular at peak, I mean, that's his ceiling, 
and flip him for a lottery ticket that may or may not help it you know down a couple years down the line it's it's similar to what the Astros would do you take a, a valuable asset regardless of what his value is that you don't need now and you flip it for something that could be useful later I mean that that does make sense but at the same time Solarte he was hurt last year mm-hmm. is it the worst thing in the world if you let him play the first half of this year and hopefully perform and get a little bit more no but I mean it's not like he didn't put up similar numbers he's he is what he is. He's a, he doesn't draw a ton of walks. He doesn't hit for a ton of power. He hits for enough. But I don't think letting him play out was going to boost his trade value at all. I think he was. I think this was going to be the best that they were probably going to get. Unless they go with quantity, where they take a bunch of guys who really aren't that great instead of just one like high upside, high risk, high reward guy, which is what I think Oliveris is. High risk, high reward. If he doesn't pan out, well, you didn't give up much for him anyways. And it's not like Solarte is going to be here you know, when the team turns it around anyways, assuming that happens. The the best part, though, about the Solarte trade and getting rid of him is we no longer have to watch him try to play shortstop. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm purely going off the eye test. I don't care yeah. about his UZR, Patrick Brewer. I don't care about his UZR. I don't care about that bullshit. I go straight off the eye test, which yeah. makes me sound ignorant as fuck. No. And I get it. But Solarte at shortstop made my eyes bleed. <laughs> and I'm happy that we don't have to see that any longer, man. Yeah, he was, uh, he was not... Uh, uh, shades of Davy Cruz in the early 2000 iterations of the Padres. Yeah, no is, doubt. Uh, what it reminded me of. I think Miguel Tejada is a better, uh, a better defensive shortstop when we had him. And it was our Solarte. Yeah, our buddy uh, uh, Uncle Pimo. He was saying that he made a point about Solarte going to the AL East. Everyone when they go to the AL East, especially when they go to Toronto, they just start blasting off. So you know Solarte's going to go off. Oh, I'm sure he's going to enjoy hitting in the in Rogers Center. I mean, it's a great place to hit. Yeah. Uh, Solarte was one run above average defensively, according to uh, defensive runs saved. But really small sample size. He's not a shortstop. I mean, you can just tell. <laughs> he's just not. That's one of the things the eye test, I'll give it to you. Uh, not a shortstop. No. It's like when Jed Jerko is over there. If you hit the ball at him, he'll field it and throw it, but... Not a shortstop. Absolutely not. And plus, we don't need him anymore to play short because we got a new shortstop oh, boy. in the fold. You want to go over that trade? Yeah, we'll go over that trade. So that's kind, kind of the mixed reaction on that trade in Padres Twitter land. Very mixed reaction. So that was kind of the first, I guess, quote unquote, big move uh, the Padres made. They picked and that's up. so sad that that's I know classifies a big move. I know. I mean, the question is, does, does these acquisitions make a certain free agent want to sign here? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. the Padres making their really their first. I guess the impact move, first big move, uh, trading for uh, Freddie Galvez in the last year of uh, his uh, team control, giving up a top, depending on where you went, top 15, top 20 pitcher in their system, uh, Enio De Los Santos. I don't care about De Los Santos, but I, Eric, you were pretty upset about the uh, Galvez pickup, and I agreed with you as to why, if you want to go ahead and explain that. Pure belief. process. Pure process. I don't get why a team where we're in, like the position that we're in, and just today, the the Giants went out and traded for McCutcheon. So on a kind of different scale, it's similar to where this year means nothing. So to trade anything whatsoever of value for a guy, especially like Galvis, at least McCutcheon, maybe he comes in for the Giants. Maybe he comes in, tears shit up, train at the deadline. You get even more. Yeah. Right? But is Galvis going to do that? No. Is anyone going to come knocking on your door at the trade deadline for Galvis? Absolutely not. And you traded a guy, De Los Santos, who... You know, maybe, I mean, he's not Quantrill. He's not Lauer. I, I mean, Espinosa. He's not our good pitchers. He's not Gore. But at the same time, I think he's pretty close to cracking the major league rotation. I would agree. I'd also think that, worst case, he's a decent or better reliever. And I agree with the other process. Yeah, and, and what is De Los Santos going to add to the team past 2019? Nothing. Or past 2018? I mean, nothing. 
Galvis. What did I say? Dale Santos. Whatever. Well, neither are going to add nothing past this year, so that's a fair point. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very true. But, I mean, Galvis is gone. If you were to extend Galvis, I like the trade. See, I wouldn't. Immediately. I, I wouldn't for the sheer fact that an extension is just on top of it. You traded for one year of him. So that's what you gave up. You gave up that's, a yeah, that's top fair. 15, top 20 prospect for one year of Freddie Galvis. On the Giants end, I get it because they gave up a guy who's probably a career reliever and some throw-in outfielder who's 23 in single A for McCutcheon, who worst case they can ship off at the deadline and maybe get one decent prospect back, maybe better than the two they gave up. For Galvis, like I said, I'm not attached to De Los Santos. You know, he's kind of like he's he's the example of what they got with Solarte, right? He was a lottery ticket that they got from the Mariners when they uh, shipped Benoit over there a couple of years ago, um, and he just happened to work out where he developed. These are the kind of trades I like. The De Los Santos trade, I don't, strictly for the process. You were trading a stopgap, because Tatis or Urias, whether people want to view Urias as shortstop or not, no. one of those two guys is going to be up playing this year and probably playing shortstop, if not next year. Tatis Jr., assuming that he continues to develop, is going to be up shortly. He's going to be 19 this year, 20 next year. It's at some point coming. I, the office is strictly yeah. a stopgap, and you gave up a guy who might have value in a future trade, like what the... Astros just did with Garrett Cole. He's not your top 10 guy, but he has some value to package in a future trade to get a better player for a one-year stopgap who's a terrible hitter. I don't care what people say on Twitter about how many hits he's accumulated. He's an awful hitter. And is solid, but not spectacular at shortstop. Yeah, let's stop calling him a gold glove shortstop, by the way. The metrics are very split on him. I think it's ultimate zone rating likes him, but defensive run saves does not. So he's kind of split. I mean... I'm sure he's an adequate, adequate shortstop with an inadequate bat. And you gave up a guy who, for six years, could have been at least a decent reliever for that. I, I don't like that that thought process at all. Yeah, does Galvis move the needle? No. No. Absolutely not. I mean, he's better than Eric Ibar, technically, but not by much. I mean, Galvis is... Career is over twenty percent below league average as a hitter. I mean, he doesn't. He's a he's a newspaper wet newspaper for a bat. He doesn't give you anything offensively. Yeah, at all. You know, you mentioned you mentioned him, Tatis, and this is one thing that I just thought of with with Galvis. The thing I like about having an established guy at shortstop, and I use that word loosely for Galvis, is you're going to have him. He's here for the whole year, no matter what. And so that if Tatis starts hitting, I don't want to see Tatis this year. I mean, I do. The fanboy in me wants to see him, but. I'm afraid that they're going to try to rush him. I don't want to see Tatis. The Rizzo effect? Yes, exactly. So having a guy like Galvis there, who's kind of more, quote-unquote, established at shortstop, that, you know, if Tatis is knocking down the door, mm, I don't know. Wait till September, I think. Wait till September, and even then. I would do a September call And plus, we're counting on a lot. Because, I mean, I I feel like as Potter fans, all of a sudden I go, of course it's Tatis. Of course he's going to. What if he doesn't? Yeah. What if he doesn't? It's very true. What if he's pedestrian that, this year? Was that guy from the Angels that was like an absolute phenom? Brandon Wood. Brandon Wood. Yeah, absolute phenom in the minors. Could not hit a lick. Sean Rodriguez was the same way Yeah, in the minors for the Angels. Absolute phenom. Couldn't hit a lick. So, no, I agree. I, I don't mind Galvis as a player. By the way, last year he was minus five runs defensive runs safe. So, he's the, the advanced metrics are split on him defensively. But... Um, I don't mind Galvis as a player and like the idea of him, like you're just getting another stopgap. This one's a little bit younger, probably better than the guys have been running out the has-beens. And Galvis could always come back as like a utility backup because he can play short, which is somebody they don't have. I just don't like the process. I don't like giving up a guy who you could have used elsewhere or who could possibly have come up this year and filled in cheap into your bullpen um, to get a guy for one year as a stopgap. I just don't agree uh, with somebody like De Los Santos who's that close. I mean... Yeah. I uh, could have traded some kid in like low A, I would have got it, but not 
Not somebody that close. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Santos, when I was looking at stats, I was, I was trying to think. I was like, man, what what is a, a decent comp, like whether it's now or in the past, of what I view Jalen Santos as? And you remember uh, Simon Castro? Yes. I kind Simone of, Castro? Simone Castro. Yeah. I kind of view him as him. And, and whenever I came, because I came out hard against the Galvis trade, and everyone's like, Oh, is De Los Santos gonna come up and be Cy Young, bro? No, and I'm like, that's not the fucking point. No, it's not. That's not the point. You are trading away anything of value for a guy that means nothing. Simone Castro is still going, by the way. I'm looking him up right now. He is. I think uh, he's on the A's. Yeah, yeah. He's he's thrown a little bit, but that's a guy we trade away for uh, Carlos Quentin. It is. It is that uh, that trade we did not win. Actually, he uh, oh, he didn't throw that many games for the White Sox. He's a Colorado, so he's. He played in 2013, 15, and 17. So that means we won't see him again until 2019, according to his track record. But no, you're right. But the thing, you know, Castro, I think at the, by the time the Padres traded him, it was strictly a salary dump. The White Sox didn't want or need Quentin. Castro had already watched up. Dale Santos, we don't really know. Like, he had a solid year last year. So we don't really know. And like I, like, like you said, he doesn't have to be a Cy Young. It's, even if at best he's a league average reliever, you gave up six years of that on the cheap for one year of Freddie Galvis, who's Barely, he was not even, I mean, an average regular. He's worth one win last year. He's barely an average regular. If he played any other position other than shortstop, he'd have no shot. at. He's basically, he's Travis Jankowski. He just plays short. Yeah. That's what he is. Because he plays short, he's going to hang around longer than, you know, Jankowski who can play the outfield. How do you how do you view the people that are saying that uh, bringing in Galvis helps out the pitchers, the ground ball pitchers like Perdomo and Richard, because now they have a... A guy that's worth a shit at shortstop to field those ground balls. I mean, it helps. You know, it helps. I think Headley defensively, and we'll touch on Headley later. I think he's a better third baseman defensively than Solarte. I'd have to look. But they're playing Solarte at second base. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I get the theory behind it, but again, what do you care? You're, I mean, you're not looking to win anyways. You know, we're going to talk on the Padres. You know, going after Hosmer, but they're not going to win this year anyways. It doesn't matter what they do. If you look at their I love this stat, the Pythagorean theorem. Basically, the runs scored versus runs given up. The Padres should have lost like 100 games last year. Right, they, easily. That, they lucked out, I think, in July. June or July, they had like a winning month, and that kind of threw everything out of whack. But other than that, they were terrible. They're not a good team. I don't care if you get Galvis in there or not. The fact is, regardless of how many runs they prevent, they don't score any runs, and they're not going to score any more this year. No. Even you know, even if they do get Hosmer, they're going to win what two or three extra games. They're still a sixty-five to seventy-one team on paper. That pitching staff is set up to be. It is awful. awful, absolutely awful. I mean, you got two guys who are still developing. You know, Perdomo. Last year was his first full year. He was okay. I guess he's adequate. He took the ball every you know fifth day. Uh, Lamette, you still don't know if he's a reliever or a starter, so you're still trying to figure it out with him. You already know what Clayton Richard is. Clayton Richard can go out there. He's going to give you five to seven innings. He's going to either get lit up or throw a gem, but he's just going to be eating innings, probably posting a 4.55 earned run average. Tucking his jersey into his jeans. <laughs> yeah, total total dad move. Yeah, big time. <laughs> um, they just gave Jordan Lyles like a one- or two-year deal, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They gave him a guaranteed deal. Yeah, guaranteed. Like 750000 or something. Guaranteed deal. So, I mean, you know, the, the Potters rotation is going to be absolute garbage this year. They're going to give uh, Brian Mitchell a shot. Um God, what was they it? might do a six-man rotation. They might. Well, they got Brian Mitchell, and then you, they've got other guys. Um, oh, his name's escaping me. He's the guy they picked up from Kansas City uh, last year. Strom. Strom, yeah, who I like. I like Matt Strom. But, I, mean, he's I like the off, idea of him. He's coming off of injury. And then you got Erlin. Which is why a six-man yeah. rotation is great. And then you got Erlin. You've got Colin Race. I mean, they have a lot of arms that they're kind of iffy on. The only one with, to me, any upside is Strom. Right. So, 
their pitching staff's going to be awful. I don't care how many ground balls you get. I mean, they're just going to. Jordan Lyles doesn't need. He needs like a rover in the outfield. <laughs> he doesn't need a good shortstop. He needs a rover. He needs like a, a, a another guy out there. He needs a fucking green monster all around the field. Is <laughs> yeah. what he needs. He didn't move the fences back to the 04 Petco Park days. Yeah, seriously. So this this rotation kind of touching on that is um, a lot of people are saying that this rotation is set up to the point where uh, guys like Lauer, Lucchese, and Quantrill, if they're performing, they can come up and realistically get a shot to get a look at the major league rotation. So what do you think about that? Are we going to see any of those guys this year? And if so, who who would it be, if not all three? I think we have a pretty good shot at seeing all three. I think Lauer and Lucchese have the best shot at cracking uh, out of spring, particularly Lucchese. I think Lauer and Lucchese, if you read scouting reports, kind of have similar ceilings, like they're back-end starters at best. Lucchese might be able to come out of the bullpen. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Lucchese had the better year of the three last year. He did. I, I could see him. I mentioned this um Lauer's no slouch, though. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I both, think we tend to, to undersell Lauer. I do, too, but that's because he's going to be a five-starter. <laughs> right, right. But I can see There's those nothing guys, glorious about that. No, there's not. But I can see them cracking the rotation um, at some point, if not in the spring, probably mid-year. I do think Lucchese's going to be the first of the three. He's kind of drafted a lot later. He has the least amount of upside. Um, I think Lauer, scouting report-wise, seems like a lock to be like a, an innings-eating number five-starter. Where Lucchese, it's like... Well, is he going to be in the pen? Is he going to be in the rotation? So I think he's the first one to get you know the, the first real opportunity. I could see him breaking camp. I think he was my uh, my sleeper pick when we had that conversation how many episodes ago about you know which one of these guys is going to you know be the, the sleeper pick to uh, to break camp. So it'd be him. I think we might see Quantrill in September. Uh, they're pretty uh, they're pretty conservative, conservatively aggressive with him last year. Right. So I could see him coming up. A few up in of those September. guys. So. Yeah, a lot of them. But Quantrill's particular because remember his last year was his first full year, and yeah, he got right. lit up a little bit here and there. But based on the scouting reports, everything looks great. And again, we don't know what he's working on going into that night either. So yeah, you can't always go by the numbers. You just got to go by what the scouts are telling you. So I can see Quantrill coming up, but not till like September. Maybe to work out of the bullpen or something. I think this is the first time in years. Oh, to- let me call this real quick though. I know he's not. I don't know if he got an invite to camp, but I think we're going to see Jacob Nix very, very soon. Oh, you think you're going to see him this I year? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, man. His numbers weren't that impressive. Well, neither were Quantrill's. Well, yeah, that's fair. Um, this is the first time in years that honestly, I do not give a fuck about their major league roster. No, I think last year we didn't give a shit. I mean, I kind of did to an extent, but like now I don't care, dude. No. I really don't. Like I pay a lot more attention to what's going on down in the in the farm. Agreed. I, I have some investment on some guys. Like I want to see how Margot, Hedges, Renfro. Oh, of course. You know, the left field starting gigs up for grab. I mean, really right field. Really the only outfield spot locked down is center because you've got uh, Perella, uh, Cordero, whoever the hell else trying to compete for left field. So that's interesting. Yelich. Yeah, you wish. Oh man, <laughs> Yelich is not Leisure happening. Bolt Fryer just threw a dart at his uh, at his uh, racist dartboard. He's <laughs> now trying to come up with a word to scream. <laughs> um, Yelich is not happening. No, you'd have to give up so much, so much equity and prospects. It just wouldn't be worth it. You set yourself back. Um, but I mean, there's some interesting part. Like I want to see, like, can Will Myers like. Can he step it up this year after pretty much telling us, like, yeah, I kind of hot dog last year. So there's some interesting stuff going on. But for the most part, you're right. It's just like, yeah. I, th- I think uh. one of my favorite comments on, on Twitter, and I hate giving this guy credit, but our, our pal Rich at uh, Drunk oh, Flannery, someone pointed out, they're like, hey, where the fuck was Will Myers at FanFest? 
And Rich goes, he's like, he was busy getting in the best shape of his life. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Because that's oh, the whole man. thing on Myers. I'm telling you with Myers, it's the payload. He worries too much about taking his helmet off. Just oh, shave God. that shit off. Yeah. Go Jason Statham on him, shave it off, come up with the... You know, the scruff and just hit bombs, for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, I thought I was a simpleton, but I guess, yeah, I guess that's right. It's the hair. It has yeah, to be the hair. It has to be the hair, right? Yeah. Watch him every time he takes his helmet off. Every time he takes his damn helmet or his hat off, the first thing he does is, like, check his hair to make sure it's still there and it didn't come off with the hat or helmet. Yeah, so let's, uh, I don't I don't know where this fits in the outline, so we may be jumping around a little bit, but yeah. talking about Will Myers. So he is what he is at first base. We, we don't know what the fuck to expect. I do. So let's, yeah. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. Let's talk briefly. And everyone was asking, like, hey, why aren't you guys doing shows? Well, hey, guess what? Gwintelligence, especially the EVT podcast, everyone is doing a shit ton of shows on Eric Hosmer. Do you, uh, guys, do you guys really care what we have to say about Hosmer? No. I don't care what I have to say We're about not, Hosmer. Yeah, them. Made my feelings known on Twitter at 5.5, Dan. <laughs> yeah, and on the Kept Faith pod, Danny Ortiz. No, the uh, Danny Ortiz show featuring the Kept Faith and yeah. Eric Laboo. Yeah, so Hosmer. And we'll talk about him very briefly. I don't want to give it more than a couple couple minutes because I don't think that's happening either. He's Thank not coming. I think the longer and longer it takes, the more and more likely he is to go back to KC. Please. I don't care what his background picture is on Twitter where it says, <laughs> Thank you, Kansas City. I don't care. That's That's got to be Boris saying, like, Hey, bro, put this on your background. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. So I think Boris is using us as leverage. So with Myers, l- let's say they do sign Hosmer. What do you think about him going out to left? Is that... Atrocious. That's going to be a train wreck, isn't it's it? It's a train wreck. Now, I want to pull something up because, you know, no offense to people on Twitter, but you can't pull shit out of your ass anymore and just say things like, oh, he's a good defensive player. Now, I have a family Which has member. hurt me more than anyone. Yeah, I have a... Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But you've learned. You've learned. Slowly. I have a family member who claimed that Eric Hosmer is the best player from the Royals this year. And I said, have you met Lorenzo Cain, who has been just as good, if not better, a hitter? And far better at everything else. Um, now, somebody said, oh, you can stick Myers in the outfield. He was only bad at center. He was pretty good elsewhere. Let me go ahead and pull up baseball reference here. And we're going to look at Will Myers for his career in the outfield. Just in the outfield alone, minus 17 runs below average. Uh, defensive runs saved. Minus 12 in right field. Now, left field is not particularly demanding. Right. And I can tell you from experience, right field is easier for me to play than left. But left is usually second to last. On the defensive spectrum. Thanks, Matt Kemp. You're welcome. You have a stigmatism too? Yeah, that's what it is. I have a stigmatism. Okay. Now, you're going to stick a guy who has been minus 12 runs in right field, in right field, into left and expect him to get better? It's not going to work that way. He might be a little bit better, but Myers is going to be awful in the outfield. He has proven to be awful in the outfield. His best position, the only position he's ever excelled at is first base. He had one really good year. And then last year, not so much. But there's another thing I want to throw out because people want to say that Hosmer's this great first baseman and range doesn't matter at first base. He has all kinds of gold gloves, though, bro. I don't care. Rafael Palmeiro got a gold glove DHing for 120 (laughs) games. That is a bullshit award. Now, it's almost as bad as the rookie of the year, like that one year that Chris Coughlin won instead of Andrew McCutcheon, just to throw it out there. Right. Uh, Now, oh, and Angel Barroa from the Royals won at one time, too. Where's he at? True. Now, in terms of range, where you say, oh, defensive run saved, ultimate zone rating, it doesn't matter for first. Let me tell you this. If there's a runner on first base and a base hit in the right field, that runner can go first to third. Runner on second base hit, that's the first baseman. That runner can score. So range does matter at first base, and Hosmer doesn't have it. 
And people want to talk about scoops. Oh, he digs the ball really well. Guess who is number three behind Hosmer since moving to first base for the last two full seasons and is only like eight digs behind Hosmer? Myers! Will Myers. Will Myers has eight less scoops. And I think if you go on like a per-game basis, he's right on pace with uh, Hosmer. In terms of digging bad throws out of the dirt, he's like eight behind Hosmer the last two years. Hosmer's defense is not an upgrade over Myers. They're basically the same player over there. They're the same guy over there. You're going to move Myers, who's not that good at first and was off in the outfield, back to the outfield. It's not really a plus. I don't see the need for it. Yeah. I really don't. And to me, Hosmer, he's not bad. He's slightly better than Myers. But if you look at what's called wins above average, which just tallies how much better this year was this player compared to the league average player, if you look through their ages and the number of years they're playing, Myers is on pace to be better at that age, uh, is better now than Hosmer what is. Uh, than Hosmer was at his age. Hosmer is, is a consistently inconsistent player. He has great years, and then he has really, really bad years. So you're going to get a consistently inconsistent player to move another consistently inconsistent player to left field. You're going to get two of the same guys costing you the same amount of money with no real upgrade. I mean, playing devil's advocate, though, you they're kind of similar offensively. They're very similar. Hosmer's a little bit better. Hosmer makes more contact. He does get on base a little bit more. Myers draws more walks, and power-wise, they're... Pretty close. Hosmer is a better hitter, but really that's because he's getting a boost from last year, his career year. Well, I always figured that defense will just figure itself out, right? And is it the worst thing in the world to have both, like, another guy that's that type in the lineup? The way I Playing devil's at, advocate here? I mean, yes and no. No, because, yeah, he does give you another above-average hitter, but at the same time, you're sacrificing defense. My high school coach once told me something that stuck with me ever since, and I understood why he never started me in the outfield. <laughs> the outfield is your last line of defense. If the ball gets past your outfielders, you are fucked. Yeah. If, you're reading the, if you're reading the numbers and the names on the back of your outfielder's jersey, you know you're in for a tough day. You know that's a bad play. Yeah. Why are you going to voluntarily stick somebody out there who is going to do that, who is not going to give you any competitive advantage? Hosmer might give the Padres a two to maybe four game swing. But the reality is, if you look at his career numbers, everybody goes off projections. Uh, to me, I don't know how the projection systems work. All I know is that I read Hosmer's career stat line. That's what I'm expecting. So a guy that hits 280, 330, 340 on base and slugs 440, would you give him $20 million a year? Because that's basically Lorenzo Kane. Right. He's just four years younger. But would anybody have given Mike Cameron at 28 years old $20 million, even though he's a premier defensive center fielder at the time? That's similar, maybe a little bit less on base for Cameron, but that's a similar stat line. An average to above league average hitter who isn't that good offensively. If his name wasn't Eric Hosmer and it was Will Myers, would you give Will Myers that money? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. And he's not that much different. He's a peer to Hosmer. And kind of going back to what I said where I really don't care about their major league roster, I'm kind of indifferent. Like, at this point, just fucking sign somewhere. Yeah, please. Just sign somewhere. Just sign here so when he sucks, like, for the next five years and people are bitching, I can say, I told you so. Yeah, it's it's January, what, 15th? Like, yep, sign halfway. somewhere, pal. Let's go. Yeah, Like, I that's agree. all I care about. And at, at the end of the day, if he signs, great. If not, do I love it at seven years, 140? No. Oh. I, I don't love it. But I don't love it at two years, forty really, because nah. it doesn't it doesn't move the needle. The, the thing is, this is the other thing I pointed out, and I had a nice conversation with Darren Smith uh, on Twitter, who's wonderful, by the way. Um, where my my two biggest gripes again was consistently inconsistent player who doesn't bring anything other than his bat and relies solely on contact. What goes first as a hitter? Bat speed. What goes when you lose bat speed? Contact. What's Hosmer's calling card? Contact. The other thing about him is that. You're going to waste potentially his best years, which are probably going to be 28 through 30, those three years, 
on losing teams. The Padres are not going to be winning the first two years of that contract. They might not be winning by three, year three. By year four, he's probably already going to be uh, regressing into a league average hitter at best. As a first baseman, that's not a good, it's not a good pickup. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, because this is what's being brought up, I hear a lot of, is, well, if they don't invest in Hosmer, what are they going to do with the money? Who cares? The Astros aren't sitting there blowing their load on free agency. The Astros make smart moves. They pick up a guy like Josh Reddick, a solid but unspectacular sign. But because they have so much equity and prospects, they can go trade guys outside of their top 10 and get Garrett Cole or trade guys in their top 10 and get Verlander and bring in salary that way and bring in superstar talent that way. The Padres don't need to spend money to acquire superstar talent unless they're spending money in the draft trying to acquire talent via the amateur route. I can see that. At the same time, you got to spend something, though. The Astros haven't spent anything. I mean, they spent it on Josh Reddick, and they spent it on guys like bullpen arms and stuff like that. I think the on-field payroll this year for the Padres, I could 70. be mistaken. No, I think it's like 57. Is it? I thought it was around 70 after the hand extension. And they remember, Headley's costing like three times what Solarte costs. Does he- does Headley... Let's, let's move on to Headley. And people who've known me for a while know that I I used to love him. Chase Headley, by the way. Oh, oh I man, hate I loved him. Chase Headley. I was one year late on that 20 home run season, though. I hate Chase Headley. I always have. Well, tell them about our bet. Do you think... No. Nah, do you think that Headley sees... Do you think he will ever don the boring vanilla home white unis? Yep. I think he's your starting third baseman. Really? I absolutely think so because what about what about that? If if we're talking about the future, what maybe he's not great, but what about that Villanueva kid that came up last year? Twenty eight year old kid from Mexico. So what? I mean, better than thirty something year old milk toast from Colorado. (laughs) If they didn't have Headley, absolutely run his ass out there and see what you got. Worst case, platoon him with the Swahe or Spangenberg. Um, But they have Headley, and I mean, I, I see. This is what I think the Padres should do more of. They get a guy with some upside in Brian Mitchell who may or may not be able to start. We don't know. But it doesn't hurt to try. And they pick up one year, $13 million on Headley for a guy that's going to be around maybe four or five. And worst case, might be a solid reliever. You know, He sits, I think, low to mid-90s anyways. So I don't mind that kind of move. With Headley, though, I think he starts because the third base market is thin. The Angels were the only fit, and they went out and got Zach Cozart, who I don't think is going to be better than Headley at third because Cozart, outside of last year, can't hit. So it's a similar player. Uh, similar age and skill set potentially, um, and there's just really no other teams looking for a thirty-something a, a year old third baseman on the you know the back end of his career. I think it was clear that they were hoping that the Angels were going to bite. I think, I and think, then the Angels went and signed Cosart, and that was done. Yeah, or some team like even the Giants could have bit. I mean, right. you don't know, and, I, and I'm not opposed to trading within division. I think it's dumb not to. Uh, that's uh, looking at you, Peter Angelos, and your dumb <laughs> Orioles. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel bad for Marlins fans. I feel worse for the Orioles. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think that's why is that the market for Headley just isn't there, um, and they don't really have a choice. They could always flip him at the deadline again um, and get another fringe average regular like Solarte. Who knows? But I, I don't mind it for one year. Thirteen million is peanuts. It's not a ton of money, anyways, and it's a it's a warm body at third that you know it'll probably be a mediocre hitter, mediocre fielder. You know, neither here nor there. That's fine for one year. Considering that they got him to get the controllable arm in Brian Mitchell. Right, that's true. And at the end of the day, sorry, Padres Jagoff, but they didn't give say, up much. They didn't give up anything. They gave oh, up Lash. Please cite Mark Grant's tweet. 
What tweet? Remember when Blash came out? Oh, we're really yeah. going to play the outfield of Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. It's, yeah, it's been that long since we recorded the podcast. Wow. <laughs> I love but, yeah, Jabari Blash goes on Twitter, and he goes, he's like, wow. He's like, I can't believe it. Am I really going to New York? And Mud says, no, Scranton, which is a AAA affiliate of the Yankees. Oh, God, what an asshole. Which was funny as fuck. What an asshole, yeah. I absolutely love Mark. Green. As do I. He's great. But, yeah, dude, great. when when that trade broke, and I was looking on Twitter, and I was like, this has to be a joke. Mm-hmm. This has to be a joke. This has to be The Onion. Like, someone must have had a fake Ken Rosenthal account. I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm looking through. I'm like, what is this? So I was sitting at work, and the trade went down. So I start work around 8 a.m. And I'm sitting there, and by probably 9.15, 9.30, like, I've, I sent out so many rage tweets, and I was scrolling through Twitter. My phone was almost dead by, like, 9.15. Wow, and that's, like, not an old phone. <laughs> no, it's like a brand-new phone. Yeah. That's how pissed off I was at this Headley This Headley. I get trade. it. I mean, I understand. Headley does not uh, – he didn't leave the greatest taste in people's mouths uh, – Really, I, I think he's just an overhyped prospect right. that never really clicked, and then he was traded too late. I will say, though, looking at his numbers, he's not that bad. He hasn't been that much. He's basically, what they gave up for Headley is basically what they, or what they got for Headley is what they gave up. Solarte is a fringe regular. Headley's a fringe regular. Headley is, has a better defensive track record, but he's fallen off on that as he's gotten older. But it's the same idea. Solarte will probably hit for a little bit more power. Headley will probably get on base a little bit more because he takes more pitches. He's more like... You know, walk oriented than Solarte, but it's the same thing. It's the same guy. So I, it's not an egregious trade. And I, like I said, I like the process. You take on, you know, some some money, not too expensive money, to try to get a player you really like, which they clearly like, Brian Mitchell. But why though? Why not? They get a controllable arm that might contribute, even if so. You can if, trade him for another Freddie Galvis. No, the, I mean Mitchell's obviously going to contribute at the major league level, but it doesn't hurt. And I agree, that'd be a terrible trade. It's a terrible idea, but. Again, they do get a guy that they like and that they want to plug in now and might be able to help now and in the future for and have to eat one year of Chase Headley's contract. That's not that's not bad. They could always flip Headley at the deadline anyways. Who knows? Are we sure about that? I wouldn't surprise me. There's teams looking for depth. They're going to probably have to eat money to do it, but who cares? I don't really care about the Major League teams. So honestly, I don't care. And I hope Chase Headley comes back so I can go, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so when he goes yard, I can hit the uh, text from Eric that I go, sigh, Chase fucking Headley. <laughs> Those yeah. are the best. Yeah, dude. the best. And it's so funny, dude. Another reason why my phone battery like died pretty quick that day was, as like as my friends started hearing about the trades, I was getting texts because everyone knows I fucking hate Headley. <laughs> so I start getting texts. People start talking shit. And yeah, it's just I am not looking forward to this. Honestly, I, I'm looking forward to it because it's baseball. But I am not looking forward to to Headley being on the diamond. I honestly hope he doesn't. But nah. I've I've. I've accepted the fact that he's going to be probably our opening day third baseman. Yeah, let's let's move on to something we were both equally ecstatic for. Uh, the Padres lend out an extension to Brad Hand. They hand yeah. out some uh, some money yeah. to Brad Hand. They gave him a three year uh, deal, guaranteed around nineteen million. I was shocked by that. I believe there's an option for a fourth year. I'm not there sure is about club the, option. Yeah, club option. Not sure about the particulars, uh, but essentially three years, possibly four. And they bought out his first year free agency. Possibly a second. I was not only shocked, I was actually kind of surprised by the pushback from Padres Twitter about the extension. It was only a couple of them. The only two people I've seen that have really come out against it was Change the Padres. Marvel, I'm stunned. Of course. <laughs> and uh, John Gennaro wasn't stoked about it either. What was Gennaro's deal with it? I know Marver, I, I, I got, you know, I follow Marver on Twitter, so what was uh, Gennaro's deal? Oh, uh, we met him at the. Uh, 
at the uh, Patreon. I mean, we use that loosely. I shook his hand. Said, "Hey, Eric." Yeah, 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 yeah. he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. He, he, he was in and out. Him and Woods, they're yeah. in and out. Um, but you know what? To be honest, I just I remember he was doing. He was uh, giving a little bit of pushback, but I know for sure. Like the sentiment was that now. With with hand being kind of up and down, like right when he first started his career, he wasn't great, and now he's been really good as a reliever. And it's like, hey, by locking him in, you're giving him guaranteed money to where if he doesn't if he doesn't perform, and you're in arbitration years, then you're saving a little bit of money. But really, what they're giving him is nothing. It's six million dollars. Wade Davis, and this is a gross overpay, but Wade Davis makes seventeen million a year. He's in making one more year, than, yeah, he's making more than like Chapman. He's making more than what Mariano Rivera was making in a single season. Right, but I mean, it's a different day and time. Well, but... Mariano Rivera only pitched two three years ago so it's not that far away well <laughs> the i mean the thing is that yeah he wade, makes more than craig kimbrell and wade kimbrell davis better. is making in one year what this ex- entire extension is worth yeah so there's a couple reasons why i was shocked by the extension one i was shocked that they extended him first and foremost and that they didn't trade him so that kind of tells you what the market is for a guy like hand at this point it's, it's hard not, with relievers during uh during the off season yeah when they're not closers closers you know hand i don't think is viewed that way yeah and the second thing that shocked me about it was the money behind it like how? Like I, I, I don't get it. And maybe I didn't realize how far away from free agency he really was, because they're so Jeez. adamant on trading him. But Cheers. I was stoked, man. I was really happy that they extended because that makes him so much more tradable as if he wasn't before. See, that's where I agree. Because I don't think making even if he start, you know, free agent relievers are getting. You know, I think we're paying like Benoit like seven or eight million a year. Right. And this guy's been better than Benoit. Yeah. So it's not you know it's not a ton of money. You know, you're not giving him ten, twelve million dollars a year. It's not the Kimbrel contract. And he's left handed. And so. he's left handed, yeah. So worst case he's a loogie for six million dollars a year. So which it which sounds like a lot for a loogie, but in the playoffs it, and World Series and Crunch just Time. In general, I mean in today's money, I mean, for instance, you know, it's like what I said with Headley, thirteen million dollars for a league average player these days is nothing. You know, right. Bryce Harper is gonna make thirty five million dollars a year next year. Mike Trout is significantly underpaid, even though he's closing in on the $30 million a year mark at this stage of his contract. So $6 million is peanuts. I mean, that's probably the most he was going to get through arbitration anyways. But to me, it does two things. It locks him up for three years, assuming he stays healthy. And, and relievers are very volatile. But he's got two two really good years behind his belt. He's their best player, I think, per war last year. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you get but not surprising. No. But you get him locked up, so he's guaranteed salary. So if, if the Padres are looking to trade him at the deadline, which would be the the next, you know, the, the soonest time they're going to trade him at this point, they're not going to trade him now. Um, that team is going to get two and a half, possibly three and a half years at guaranteed salary. So it's not going to be a team that's going to be getting a player and have to worry about budgeting because he's going to have a fluctuating salary. It's guaranteed money. Um, in terms of signing contracts, people were baffled last year when they gave Solarte the extension. Well, what are they going to do now? Trade him. Yeah, it, it doesn't. The, the contract in and of itself doesn't make him untradeable. It would have been different like when they gave uh, Carlos Quentin that contract, right? Right. You know, when they gave Quentin that contract, he was untradeable. He wasn't making a ton of money, but for what he was going to contribute, nobody was going to take on that deal. If Brad Hamm puts up another year, and I'm going to pull up his numbers right now just because I'm always curious, but if he puts up another year like he has the last two uh, with us, there's no reason to think why he can't be traded and why a team wouldn't be even more interested in him now because he has the control years. Especially since he's going to be closing. Let's yeah. face it. I mean, I last mean, year's were three war. I, that's, that's a, as a fucking reliever. That's yeah. that's a league average regular. If you have a three war position player, he's not great, but he's pretty good. I felt like they used him a lot last year. Yeah, he threw, uh, well, he threw less innings last year than the year before. But Did the, he? Wow. For the Padres, as a reliever, he's throwing just under 170 innings. Uh, he's given up less than three runs per nine innings. 
And in terms of his war as a Padre, I'm scrolling over. He's been four and a half, so he's almost a five-win player as a reliever. That's obscenely good. Obscenely good for a reliever. So, assuming he holds, and there's no reason to think he's not, um, I, I think this is a good deal for them. And I don't think it hinders his, his trade value. If nothing else, it at least maintains it. Because now he has at least one, possibly two years of control left to the receiving team. Whereas, you know, like I said last year, they didn't trade him. Well, now they have one last year of control. Yeah, so they, they got that year back, but with the extension. Plus, and, a, and another one. Yeah, and another one. So, really, I think this whole year and probably next year, if he's still around, it's going to be when are they trading him. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of like with, with stocks, when you're holding the stock and it's going higher yeah. and higher and higher. And then wheat stocks? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you're getting to the point where you're like, we're like, okay, I need to sell now. And then you hold it a little bit more, and then it tanks. Yeah, like, let's, like my weed stocks. Yeah, let, let's put it this way. Last year, as and he he pitched the second half primarily as a as the closer. Right. right. So he had a two one six ERA. That was that was eight point eight points lower than the year before. His ERA plus was one ninety two, which was sixty points up. So he's ninety two percent above league average in terms of run prevention as a reliever. Uh, he struck out more guys, almost twelve per nine. Uh, just absolutely dominant. Gave up about the same rate of home runs. Walked less guys. It shaved off a full walk per nine last year. So if that holds going into the next half season, no reason to believe that it won't. He's a valuable trade chip. If he holds that for a full season, now that he's going to be the closer and he'll have to saves in his, <laughs> in his fucking baseball card next year. And let's be honest, Trevor Hoffman's on a lot of shitty teams. It's not unrealistic that if he's healthy... Brad Hand can get 30-plus saves. It's not right. Even on a losing team, they're going to win 50 games, probably. At least. Probably. This is the last team that didn't win at least 50. So chances are he's going to get 20 to 30 save opportunities. And if he finishes last year, uh, this year, like he did last year, going into the deadline or going into either the deadline or the offseason, here's your top closer on the market for cheap, $6 million a year. Yeah. So I like the deal. Um, let's go ahead and wrap it up with uh, – some radio news. I have no idea what's going on with this, so Eric is going to tell us. But apparently Dan Cilio has been causing quite the ruckus on Twitter over the last week. He just out of nowhere left 1090. Yeah, thank it was God. Just, yeah, and I never listened anyways. And the thing is, like, now I'm in the car. Nobody did, I assure you. Well, yeah, and uh-huh. that was the thing. Someone pointed out, it's like, hey, like, you know, when, when Dave and Jeff get shit-canned or when, like, Scott and BR lost their job for a little bit, like, there's noticeable blowback on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? Bring him back. What oh, happened? I remember when Scott and BR lost the job. But I've seen nothing for Cilio. Nothing. For like, oh, Maybe his what? wife was upset. Yeah, what? Bring back Cilio. What, what happened? What happened? Even Hacksaw had blowback when they yeah. threw his ass off. And with Cilio, it's known. They're like, oh, cool. Give it to Higgins. Like, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Get, oh, uh, Higgins was there at the Patreon. Um, yeah. So can you fill me in? Fill me in on what the hell was going on. Because I know he left. He left for uh, Intercom, which is a company that owns the rights to uh, the Padres radio broadcast. The Padres have come out and said ever since... Fucking Cilio started retweeting. And it's Intercom that's hiring Cilio, by yeah, the way. Not it's the not Padres. the Padres. The Padres have came out after the blowback Cilio got from retweeting uh, Donald Trump's uh, shithole shit country. shit countries and thinking it's funny. Who got, he got a lot of shit. He blocked a lot of people. Most people on Padres Twitter. I'm not one of them. So I still get to read whatever idiocies he writes. Um, but the Padres came out almost immediately, or at least a source uh, disclosed to Dennis Lynn, that he does not work for the Padres. He's not going to be part of their broadcast team. Or the pre, the pre or post-game, post-game shows. Post-game, nothing. Which is good because he was awful. Oh, you didn't like uh, Dolarte being traded to Kansas City for Hosmer? No. So I listened, and I put this out there. I said, um, I listened to Cilio say Ryan... <laughs> wait, how, how the fuck do you pronounce it? Ryan Shimp. 
or shrimp. Shrimp. Ryan Shrimp. Okay. I said, I listened to that for a full three months. I was like, and he never once said, you know what, maybe I should fix that. Oh, he's like uh, batting batting seventh for the Padres, playing third base, Ryan Shrimp. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he gives no fucks. And like, I listen to that, and I was like, God, I'm so glad that he gets another shot at the pre and post. <laughs> yeah. Joking, of course, but he's not he's not going to be on there, which is good. So he up and left, and then there's the drama going on. So originally, Scott Kaplan, he goes, he's like, oh, man, what happened? Celia, what happened? Like, trying to be like, oh, man, like, buddy, buddy. 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 Yeah. But now... Uh, they're coming out. It's kind of like a heel turn to where they're talking shit about each other. I love it. Yeah. BR talking shit? No. It'd be the most talk he's done in like 20 years. Yeah. BR does nothing but laugh and say the station. Yeah. He gives the bumper. Yeah. Might attend at it. That's it. <laughs> Scott it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. That's all he does. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that a. Oh, no, no. Never mind. I was saying, never mind. Was yeah. Saying, you know, he's married to Kimberly Hunt. He is. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's going on with them, and, and it's just kind of, so supposedly 97.3, which is the old KSOAN, uh, that's going to all sports, and supposedly they're building their station around Cilio, Oh God. which I'm sure that'll work out just fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like building your team around Matt Kemp right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have the most cred in San Diego sports radio. I wonder if he has any cred in any sports radio town. I mean, he seems to be pretty nationally out there, I guess. Yeah, but he played, right? He played NFL, like, barely. Yeah, but so did Billy Ray Smith. Yeah. That's so true. is he, like, that, like, accredited? Well, that's the thing in, in our pal... I don't know how Billy Ray is on football. I figure he'd be somewhat knowledgeable. Well, our pal Andy Mazzone, like, really dug in and... Oh, I love Andy on yeah. Twitter. And so, Cilio, man, what, did he, what was it that Andy said? Like, he's been fired for being a bigot. He's been fired for putting a hit out on players. Like, he has an awful track record of losing jobs. And for a San Diego sports and for a, a station to say, hey, we're going to flip to all sports when the two lowest English speaking stations, as far as rating goes, are uh, 1090 and 1360, <laughs> to say, hey, we're going to join this race and go FM on sports and to build it around Cilio? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, and this is not to suck the guy off or anything. To me, the best 1090s got is Darren Smith. I mean, really. You well, could, everyone knows that. Yeah, but you see, that's the guy. Or like, like Woodsy. I love Woodsy. Like Woodsy, it's like, okay, we're gonna bring this guy in. He knows what he's talking about. He's got a following. We're gonna bring him in and surround him with talent and try to build around him to go all sports on FM. That makes sense. Cilio? Yeah. Did anybody like Silly? Like when Woods was when Woods was shit can? There was a there was an upheaval on Twitter. I mean, there was a little bit of a riot going on. Like, why? Yeah. Why is Cantorian Woods gone? Cilio? Yeah. Does anybody is anybody a fan of, of Dan Cilio? I'm not. Well, bringing in Cilio and building around Cilio is what Intercom is doing. And, and Why? <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but those are the same people that decided to go with Rich Herrera instead of Woods <laughs> for that. I'm like, you know. You, it's all explained. You're right there on 94.9. Maybe you, he has nudes. They both have nudes of like the, the owner's wife or something. Could be, but it's like you're on 94.9. You're, you're trying to switch 94.9 over to get Padres, right? And you're trying to get the casual fan that's listening to music for when they turn on and it's Padres. They're not like, oh, fuck. You know, where's Red Hot Chili Peppers? I'm gone. You're trying to keep those guys. So why not have a familiar voice in Woods who's been there for seven years yeah and, and try to ease him into that you know just like that but they didn't do it so it's not surprising hey uh, shout I, out to woodsy by the way because he's he's a yankees fan 
and he was out at his at the Patreon about winning every year. Yeah. But bless his heart, he showed up in a fucking Padre hat. Yeah. At the whistle stops. So yeah. Bless his heart. I, I still say he's a San Diego guy, but he is. He's a San Diego guy. Yeah. He happens to be a Yankee fan. You can be both. It's going to be a train wreck, and I cannot wait to see it. I will. I be will uh, I'll be avoiding that particular train wreck. Speaking of train wrecks. Oh God. So here's something that we wanted to throw out there. So um, <laughs> as if there weren't enough, and we we mentioned the Patreon or the live pod a lot, but one thing that struck me as kind of funny was when Darren Smith asked, he's like, "How many people in here have their own podcast?" Like, everyone raised their hand. <laughs> yeah, it was basically two-thirds of the room. Yeah, everyone. the hipsters in the back. Yeah, everyone raised their hands. So, really, we're we're thinking about throwing another one into the fold here. So, this would not be... Danny would not be included in this. No, Maybe I won't be a part of this at all. I'll be, like, executive producer. I just know about it and gave him some ideas. Yeah. So, we're, we're tossing this out here. And I, I honest honest feedback. Like, if you guys say, hey, you know, eh, I don't think that's something I'd listen to, or eh, I don't think that's a great idea, we're probably still going to do it anyways. But I, I want to know if you guys would actually listen to this. So it's going to be me, and it's going to be my pal uh, Rich at Drunk Flannery. We want to start something, because I feel like there's not, as well as a lot of the shows kind of incorporate it, there's not one particular show that says, hey, this is the show of Padres Twitter. Because there's a lot of content on Padres Twitter. Tons. A lot. And that's why we do, like, the hey, like, throw yeah. something out there, and we we like to keep you guys involved. So what Rich and I want to do is start a show that is revolving around Padres Twitter. So we want to, whether it's have people come on from Padres Twitter, say, hey, like what, what got you one following this shit team and two sticking with it through <laughs> all the bullshit that we've you know stuck through. And just talking shit to people. Like, hey, Mickey Cope, why does everyone hate you? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a legitimate question. That's a yeah. legitimate question. I, I think it can be kind of interesting. Hey, Leisure Fryer, why are you calling people wops and spits? <laughs> you know, that's. I, I think it would be fun. Can we do a Patreon at like, no. for like a WrestleMania match between uh, Mickey Coke and Patrick Brewer? Yeah, maybe. Because I would do the play-by-play for that match. Yeah, yeah, and that's another one. Hey, Patrick Brewer, why does everyone hate you? <laughs> why do you fight with everyone? Calm down, bro. <laughs> you know, we could do stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of what we're thinking. We don't have a name for it yet. How it's, often would you guys be on? Not that. We wouldn't do it once a week. I, I don't think we'd do it once a week because you and I, we're going to keep this This in no way, shape, or form affects our show. No. Like when the season starts and really towards the end of probably spring training, we're going to be doing weekly episodes again. Yep. So in no way will this affect our show. But we'd probably do, I don't know, one every two or three weeks. That's not bad. One, one or two one a month, month, maybe. Yeah, whenever we can get people that would be interesting that would actually want to come Come on and talk shit with us. So Rich, Rich is a little bit more raunchy and fucked up as far as his sense of humor, which is more yeah. me. Yeah, if you follow him on Twitter, it's really dark. Yeah, so <laughs> at, no fucks given. Yeah, at Drunk Flannery. So um, that's what we're thinking. Please, honest feedback. Let me know. I, I won't be offended. I swear to God. J- just let me know. Say, hey, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. I'd listen, or hey, eh, I'd probably wouldn't listen because there's 500 Padre podcasts, and I don't <laughs> care what you guys say. I tune in to listen to Danny talk about his trials and tribulations as a single dad anyways. Yeah, I give up on that, guys. I've committed a relationship suicide. Yeah. Uh, just, just uh, let let me know because I I would be interested to to hear that. But can I be a guest on the show? No, oh. absolutely not. Well, maybe, mm. maybe. Who knows? But we want to give a voice to those who don't have a voice. Uh, you'd be the voice of the voiceless. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So we might throw our first episode on this particular account so that you know people will say, "Oh, hey, five point five back." No, no, no. surprise, it's, it's the not three point five podcast. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. So I did like the name Thick and Rich. Yeah. Yeah, that was one he came up with a while ago. I like that thick and rich. Yeah, so I'm I'm not sure. Should do a Twitter poll on that. Yeah, it's it's still being workshopped, so yeah. it's it's something that we're thinking about, and we we wanted to toss it out there and let you guys know what's what's going on. So um, we're about an hour in, and uh, it's it's been a while, and we've been 
pressured. Uh, Jagoff, Cressy, yeah. Roy, everyone. Hey, when are you guys doing another show? So here, here you go. Um, do you have anything else you want to throw out there? Is there anything that we missed? Not that I can think of. Uh, Padres see- gave a guaranteed major league deal to some minor league guy, but I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that works. They signed. Uh, speaking, of, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say the leisure fryer word, but uh, they signed the guy out of Japan, uh, Makita. Oh, that's right. That's submarine. Right, Submariner. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, What's the Eighth name of that guy, vacuum maybe? you put on the floor? The Dyson. No, not the Dyson. The one you just put on the floor and it drives itself. Uh, I don't know. The Roomba. There you go. Yeah. My vacuum cleaner is my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As your dishwasher and your laundry machine. I married my vacuum cleaner. Yeah, indeed you did. Yeah. Till death do you part. Exactly. So I think I think that's about it for today. We will check in maybe in a few weeks, a month. We have our spring training trip in March that has been booked. Um, March, we will be there in Peoria the 15th through the 18th. 18th or 19th. Yeah, 15th through the 18th, I believe it is. So we'll be out there. Find us on the backfields. There will be a lot of us out there drunk, talking shit. Yeah, we're not going to be heading inside the ballpark. $50 for fucking lawn seats at a Giants game in spring training. It's worth it, though, dude. Have You You haven't seen the scenery at I, those Giants games. I can Holy see that. shit. You live in Pacific Beach. If I want to see scenery, I'll just go walk to the Trader Joe's. I think you'll pay $50 to see it in Arizona. Yeah, but you don't have a bunch of short shorts and uh, solo cups and uh, booze flowing at Trader Joe's over there. It's, yeah, but it's not like it's I a have a shot anyways. Don't knock it till you try it, dude. I'm just saying. Yeah, the, the first time I went, yeah, I wanted I, to show up in a Giants hat. Yeah, I use that line on Tinder, and it doesn't really work. So. <laughs> yeah, so anyways. Anyways, we'll, I'm signing off after that one. You can take over. Yeah, we, we will, uh, we'll, we'll check in coming down the road, guys. So, uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Again, please uh, give me feedback. Let me know if you like our idea that Rich and I are thinking about doing. I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. So uh, until next time, we'll check in with you. We're out of here.